With more than 200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Thank you for clicking and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, another tragedy um, in, a, in a school. Uh, this one at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Um, a 19-year-old gunman um, stormed the place. Um, allegedly had been wearing a gas mask and pulled a, a fire alarm so that kids would come out into the hallway where we'd try and cut them down. Uh, when, when Sandy Hook first happened, as it was happening, as it was unfolding, I was sitting in the newsroom at Police One, and I wrote a missive that I've repeated a couple of times, a call for um, armed teachers in schools. Now, I don't think every teacher, I don't think the majority of teachers are eligible for this program. I think that um, you have to, first off, it has to be an all-volunteer army. When you have a drafted army, they just the conscripts do not shoot. <laughs> they shoot above the, the you know, the, the battle, battlefield battle lines. Um, so you have to have people who are willing to go through very deep training. They have to be carefully vetted. I contend that they, they have to go through law enforcement or better training. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to have qualification every year. They have to pass psyche valves and all kinds of other stuff. They have to jump through some fiery hoops. They have to really want to do this. Sure. But I contend that there's the gym teacher, there's the shop teacher, there's a principal, there's somebody at the school who who looks around and sees these shootings and says, enough is enough, I don't want this. I want to be able to protect my students. What do you think? Do you think that that is a... Because now it's, a, it's now a national debate. When I wrote about it first... It was just no one was talking about it. Now the whole country is talking about it, including the president. Sure. I think you probably talked about it in concept stage. I think three, at least three states are talking about legislation that will make it happen. And like you said, the best army is a volunteer army. The president said, we want some people to be able to have the ability to respond armed to this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in sheer numbers, uh, you're still... Um, you know, the likelihood of a homicide is, is more likely to happen one-on-one or, or in that proximity oh. in, a, in an inner city. Um, the numbers from these active shooters, you know, over the last three years don't amount to the number of dead in Chicago last year. Right. In but, the first two months of the year. <laughs> well, certainly over the, over the last year. Yeah. Um, but you just mentioned... A lot of the things that I was thinking about that we haven't really heard kicked around, the training issues. Do they go to a 40-hour class uh, like law enforcement mm-hmm. does? Do they do semi-annual qualifications? What does the target um, range layout look like? Uh, what, what are the cost issues? Uh, what, are, what are the costs to take them out of service, train them, and, and bring them back for training? Uh, what's the cost for Guns and ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what what are the backgrounds looking like? Uh, you definitely want a psych. Yeah. Um, you know, for anybody after shootings, what do we hear about? Why did the sh- why did the cop shoot him in the arm, leg, uh, elbow, knee? Uh, you know, we hear all these ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. Cops go through a lot of training. Uh, they go through simulations, physical training, defensive tactics. You know what it feels like when your adrenaline's pumping. Yeah. We're going to give a gun to a teacher and say, shoot at this paper target. Now you're ready. Here's your gun. And when a, if a bad guy comes through the door, shoot him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's. I think it's rife with problems. I think you know there's collateral damage. I think there are... Go- de- I would bet the over-under that there's going to be accidental discharges... The first week that teachers are armed, if not the first day, mm-hmm. or in in training, yeah, uh, the backgrounds so extremely important. Um, do you train them to be defensive only, barricaded in their room? If the guy comes through the door, they shoot, or do you have them advance on the shooter? I think I think you're talking all about different kind of training all oh, together. Totally different training, absolutely. Uh, liability: uh, Are the teachers going to be protected? What are the protections? Um, do you, do they throw on an orange ID vest? Because if I'm a cop responding to an active shooter and I see three, four people running around with guns, aiming guns at other people, yeah, right. I'm not going to wait for the guy to tell me he is the astronomy professor, yeah, uh, from you know Building X. Uh, yeah, I mean, so many problems that you can think of. Um, I think I don't know if anybody's talking about uh, these these advances that we've made in door locks mm-hmm. or fortified doors, um, things you can throw up to wedge doors from opening. Um, because we're talking about like the low level, um, <laughs> I talk about the, the low level potential for an active shooter to happen. Although if I'm in an active shooter situation, I'm going to wish I had a gun. Um, but short of that, let's get the door wedges. Let's get something out there right now to at least Give them some resource to throw up on the door while they let kids file out a window. So the the the, the sheer number, as you'd said, of, of kids who have been killed in either a elementary, high school, middle school, or university environment, I'll combine them all, is in an active shooter scenario, is, is significant, but it's not a giant number by comparison to the overall murder rate in the United States. Sure. However... <clears throat> As Dave Grossman points correctly out, there have been zero deaths from fire in a school since the 1950s. Not one. And that's, we're talking from the 50s. I'm going to be 50 in June. And that's, so that's 70 years of time, yeah. right? Um, not one. And we still do fire drills. And we still install fire alarms up at the top of the ceiling. And right. we check them every year. And there's fire extinguishers everywhere. And nothing in that building can burn. It's all completely fireproof stuff. We've locked that place down. And we still have firefighters race to the scene. As soon as there's a, some kid pulls the fire alarm because they want to get out of school early. Right. All of these protections from fire. And yet not one kid has died from fire yeah. in 70 years. Yeah. So we have to look at it. It's a low... It's, it's a high-risk, low-probability scenario, right. but we're not doing enough to protect the kids. I want to throw one more thing at you. I was watching a television program with people ranting and raving both sides, and a guy quietly had this idea. Not a really new idea, but he said, I read a stat 
that there are 4,000 at least returning veterans and retired veterans from the United States military completely unemployed, completely skilled, but unemployed. What about those guys? Make them guards. Again, the background checks, the psychs, the qualifications, all. But these guys come preloaded with the... Because they volunteered to go to war, right? Right. They come preloaded with a willingness to take the fight to the to the bad guys. Sure. What do you think? I think if we hold them to the same standard, the psych test, the background, things like that, you may be on to something. Um, as an aside, uh, in, in an area near us, uh, there was a school district where they had a high number of suicides by students stepping out in front of a train, a moving train. And so if you were to do an epidemiology study to see what the contributing uh, factors are, um, and then you come up with a strategy to prevent it. Mm -hmm. If you go down south, you will see along the Caltrain's tracks, uh, individual security guards in portable tents by the track crossings. Right. And so I've, I've talked to a couple of them. What do you do? Do you tackle people? Do you, we're not allowed to touch them. We can only talk to them. Mm-hmm. And that's throwing people at the problem as, a, as opposed to... Um, money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, money. I mean, I mean you're, you're, you're spending money to get those people employed sure. and, and to get them to act and to train them to counsel. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, so I think we're, we've hit the tipping point. If you have states saying we're going to arm teachers, you have the president saying we're going to arm teachers. I think we're probably a little bit past the tipping point. Right. Like I said, years when I years ago when I first wrote about this, there weren't a lot of people talking about it. It was me and a couple people from the NRA, and that was it. And now you've got literally the the, the leader of the free world, whether you like him or you don't. He's he is the president, and will be for the next couple of years. He has the authority and the power through executive fiat to mandate that schools allow, if a teacher requests it, that the teacher be armed. And so I, I think you're right. I think that it's become not just a reality, but um, it, it's become a mainstream discussion. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where at least we're talking about it because an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So mm-hmm. if the, the, the issue here is, is that gun-free zones don't work. They become kill boxes. These offenders know they're not going to encounter any armed resistance, at least for the first five minutes of what they're doing. Mm. For five minutes, I've got an open killing zone. If they go into the building going with the back of their head going, I don't know if Mr. So-and-so is armed or not. Will that prevent them from doing it? Maybe, maybe not, but we won't know. Right, right. right. You can't prove a negative or you can't prove the absence of a a thing. Sure, yeah. Um, Can't show prevention efforts in numbers. In numbers, you can't. But... You know, like I said, we've done very, very little to protect kids from firearms in schools. But from fire, if someone took kerosene to the classroom, it probably wouldn't burn. You know, like it's it's just it, we have to approach it with a different mindset of prevention of, of again, looking up. Little Johnny over there has talked about 15 times. I want to shoot up this school. We should examine little Johnny's intent and sure. find out if he's armed. Yeah. Right. Does his mom or dad own guns? We got to do that. We got to, we can't, no, we can't stigmatize kids. We can't accuse them of things and, you know, have precogs, you know, we can't do minority report, but the prevention we're looking at right now is, well, it's ineffective at that, at the very best. Sure. Something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. 
We are going to revisit this very topic again next week because on the topic of prevention and on the topic of failure to failure to act, failure to to examine, failure to in the aftermath of this thing, um, this was a failure of law enforcement. It is. I look at it. It's Columbine too. Um, we allowed this thing to go down, and we responded incorrectly to it. So we're going to re- revisit that topic again next week. Uh, what do you think? Email us. We want to hear from you. Policing matters at police1.com. That's policing matters at police1.com. Thanks again for listening.